Songhezo Mapete on SAFM. Solomon Matlangu, my blood will nourish the tree that will bear the fruits of freedom. Tell my people that I love them and that they must continue the fight. 6 April 1975, 1979, I beg your pardon. He was only 22 years old. He was hung by the brutal apartheid system. Good evening to Wasim Karim, CEO of the National Youth Development Agency. Let's have a conversation about 40 years on the legacy of Kalushi Matlangu. Ah, good evening. Good evening to you and your listeners. Yeah. Thank you so much. What did that song do to you as you were listening? Ah, it, uh, it brings back a lot of emotions. Eh? Um, of Solomon Mashlangu and his uh, undying spirit almost, you know, that lives on till today. And um, the energy and hope that it gives to young people in South Africa. Um, so, yeah, it brings a lot of emotions and also a lot of reflection. Yeah. You see of the National Youth Development Agency. When you look at a typical 22-year-old and you think of Solomon Matlangu specifically, what do you yeah. think? What, what do you make of the South African youth relative to yeah, the legacies you know, that I, we've I, inherited? It's it, it, uh, it very difficult to generalize and categorize youth, yeah? But I think South African youth, in the face of many challenges that they face, that they face show hope and they show resilience and they show courage, you know. So, so, and we see some outstanding young South Africans making their mark today, despite coming from very difficult situations of poverty and inequality. Um, so, you do see the spirit of Solomon Mashlang in many young South Africans today. But we still do see many young South Africans um, battling challenges as they relate to health, as they relate. Um, unemployment, you know, um, as they relate to drugs and substance abuse. Um, so we do face many challenges as young people, um, and, and you know, we need to we need to seriously address those challenges. It's, it's it's quite ironical that I will ask you to tell me what you think about the youth of today, vis-a-vis mm. Solomon Matlangu, and of the things you tell me, are exactly mm. the things he died for: youth unemployment, mm. poverty. Mm inequality, substance abuse, more entrenched now possibly than it might have been the case 40 years ago when he was hung. That surely, that surely must be an indictment on the system. Yeah, to an extent, I think, you know, Solomon Mashlangu faced the brutality of the apartheid regime, um, and he saw the impact that that the Bantu education system, um, that apartheid spatial planning, that um, the past law system had on the ability of black people and young people in general to achieve their potential in life. Yeah, um, and he fought for a cause um, for freedom, 
and for justice, you know, for for the majority of the population. Um, and I think, you know, 25 years into democracy, we have made substantial gains as a country, you know. Um, we can't argue that we are free today um, and that we have made progress as a country. But, you know, due to many factors, um, we've not erased the legacy of apartheid, you know. Um, and that reflects in that the majority of the population is still the ones who experience poverty and unemployment and those challenges that we saw. Um, but I don't think we should allow that to erode the progress that we have made as a country, you know, um, and to take the good that we've done and multiply it um, and to erase the bad parts of our history as well. Yeah? Speaking about the good, the Solomon Mashangu Scholarship Fund has so far produced yeah. over 500 graduates from different universities across the country. Tell us how yeah. much work of the NYDA is dedicated to preserving the memory and legacy of Dada Solomon Mashangu, and which is more, empowering the youth that you lament are faced with all these social ills to become yeah. agents of change and to really live out as true embodiments and expressions of the legacy that Dada Mashangu died for. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, if you go back to 2014, when we established the scholarship fund, um, it had two main purposes. Yeah, um, We know that South Africa faces severe skills development challenges. Yeah, um, and even though we've deepened access to education um, fundamentally, uh, we still we still have issues with skills in the country. So ours was to really establish a highly thought of scholarship fund, you know, that would target um, academically excellent, but also poor young students, yeah, um, in degrees and uh, qualifications that had high priority skills in nature. Um, and then that was really what we set out to do, you know. Um, as much as we're producing graduates in South Africa, we're not producing enough graduates in STEM categories, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. You know, um, so the scholarship had a focus on that element. So that was really the, the first, the first element. The second was to create it in the name of um, the fallen hero Solomon Mashlangu, um, because we believe strongly that we must preserve the legacy of young fallen heroes of this country. You know, you speak of Solomon Mashlang, you talk of Peter Mokaba, Tsitsi Mashinini. Um, so those names must not be forgotten. But also if young people learn in those people's names, they will walk in the history of, of many of these young leaders. You know, So we assist in preserving the legacy. And, and lastly, it was a scholarship fund because at the time when we established it, it was before the, the Fees Must Fall movement grip South Africa, you know, um, our our data on the ground was already telling us about our young students um, were feeling let down by the NASFAS bursary system or the NASFAS loan system because even though they may have been getting bursaries, they they didn't necessarily have meal allowances. We know how difficult it is to study on a hungry stomach. Their accommodation was often not sorted out just students sleeping in libraries. So it was really to the first pilot study on, on fee-free higher education. May I interrupt there um, very quickly, please? Um, do I understand you correct, or is my understanding completely wrong and be brutal about it, that you can get a bursary yeah. from Solomon Matlango Scholarship Fund as well as be on NISFAS? Is that possible? Uh, well, so, I mean, obviously, with, with the free higher education announcement, it changes our model a little bit. And, and our model as the NYD is always to pilot things um, and then hand them over to the government departments, which can assist to take them to scale. So we've handed over our learnings on the scholarship fund um, to to, to the National Student Financial Aid Scheme and the Department of Higher Education. Um, and now the scholarship fund will move into a different model. So now um, we're going to assist um, young black graduates in postgraduate studies um, to produce high-quality research. 
Um, and we're also going to look at students in the creative arts sector. Um, we think it's one of the sectors that is underfunded in South Africa, um, and it's a sector of the economy that has, really has potential for high growth. Yeah. So, um, so that's where we'll be targeting. Now that <coughs> NEFAS does cater for all students coming with household incomes below 350000 Do you want to give me an answer to that question? Is it possible for one to be both on the Solomon Matlangu Scholarship Fund as well as NISFAS? No, no, technically not, because then you'd be double dipping in the system. Very well. Let's talk about how much budget you have and how is it spread, and especially you talked about black students. Um, what is the racial profiling or oh. demographic of the recipients of the fund, men versus women? Africans, yeah, um, Indians, yeah, coloured persons, yeah. and whites? Yeah, so I mean, um, if you look at over the past five years, we've put about $125 million into the program in total. So you're looking at about an average of $25 million per annum. Um, and then if we look at gender breakdown, I think it's uh, 60% female and 40% male. Um, South Africa does produce more female graduates than male graduates. Um, and I think if we look at, I'll have to get you the exact demographics, but I would assume it's about 85 to 90 percent black students and about 10 percent other races. Yeah. The plowback of the recipients of the fund, how do we monitor that they don't take effectively the results of the legacy fund from Dada Matlangu and go and implement outside where it is most needed at home in South Africa? Do we monitor yeah, in terms so, of the graduates and yeah. them leaving the country? Yeah, so you see, on all NYDA's programs, you know, we, we do a lot of entrepreneurship programs as well. And we, we generally, we make national youth service compulsory on all of our programs. So if you're a beneficiary of any of our funds, um, there's a requirement for you to do volunteer work in your community um, up to a minimum level of hours. You know? um, and, and that is very important to us because it's very important to us to build uh, sense of patriotism, um, but also encouraging young people to be their brothers and sisters keepers, yeah? um, to give hands up to other young people if they've benefited from something in the country. Yeah? Um, and in that, we create a cycle of giving back you know, and lifting one another. Um, so that, that's a very key component of all of our programs, not just the scholarship fund. And what outcomes can you tell us that you can brag about in the five years of the scholarship fund? especially in yes, the so context I mean, of the contributions and plowback and being brothers and sisters keepers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we can give you exact details of the, the volunteer work that our beneficiaries do. But I guess the most important for us is the, the graduation rate. I mean, we've only got a 7% dropout rate of all of our students in the system. Yeah? Um, and if you know, in general, um, the data suggests that students in the higher education system take on average five years to complete a three-year degree, you know. Um, now, we've got 93% of these graduates completing their tertiary qualifications within the minimum acceptable time, yeah. Um, and for us, that's very important, you know, because we're not clogging the higher education system. Um, and it shows that the, the elements we've put in, such as mentorship for the students, is working for us, yeah. And I think those are important learnings in improving the higher education system in South Africa. More so, I think you're producing graduates who are not unemployed, who are able to find jobs within 30 days of, of graduating. What's know? the absorption rate, now that you mentioned that? What's the absorption rate of the it's 500 or so? It's very high. I mean, almost all of them are employed, as far as I know. I can get you the exact statistics. But, yeah, there's none of them that I know are unemployed. Yeah? Um, so that's a very important component. Although, um, you know, graduates in general have a much better chance of finding a job, we do know that there is a level of unemployed graduates in the 
country. Um, so ensuring that students choose the right um, degrees for them and the degrees that can assist them in finding employment and also assist them in being entrepreneurs one day is very important to us. Yeah. Stay on the line with Mr. Wasim Karim, CEO of the National Youth Development Agency. He'll be back after the news break to tell us more about Solomon Matlangu and the legacy of Kalushi. My blood will nourish the tree that will bear the fruits of freedom and tell my people that I love them and that they must continue the fight. 6 April 1979, 40 years ago and four days. First hour has come, first hour has gone. We spoke about the stem. We had Mr. Peter Orendal, who is a PhD candidate at Queensland University, studying particularly language dynamics and how they can be used to forge better societies, unified societies. And South Africa is as good a template as you can get. Joined in studio together with Mr. Temba Mabaso, who's the director at the Bureau of Heraldry at the Department of Arts and Culture, justifying and giving us the institutional reasons as to how we got to get the national anthem that we have now. We're in discussion with Mr. Wasim Karim, CEO of the National Youth Development Agency, talking about the legacy of Dada Solomon Kalushi Mahlangu, who was killed, hung in Pretoria 40 years ago and four days. Stay tuned. One hour to go. We've got members of Iguijo Squad. If you have been to Ellis Park, if you have been to the Wanderers, if you have been to Centurion Cricket Ground, there might be voices that you might be particularly familiar with. They want to get big and they want to be bigger than the Bami Army. It's quite a tall order, but anything is possible. This is Mzanzi. This is Song Azamabetla. Stay tuned. It's news. The Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. Viewpoint. Weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Song is on my back there on SAFM Viewpoint. Five past nine in the evening, members of the Guijo squad are raring to go. We're continuing our conversation very briefly for another five or so minutes with, with Mr. Wasim Karim, CEO of the National Youth Development Agency. We're also taking your calls on 0891 SMSs 40938 as well as WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Mr. Karim, let's mm. chat quickly about institutional partnerships, not just locally but also abroad. To the extent that yeah. it is possible, does anything happen between the NYDA specifically with the legacy, if you will, of Dada Matlangu? Let's start off with Tanzania, where Somafco is, the Solomon Matlangu Freedom College, are there any exchanges, are there any tours, are there any cultural exchanges that are taking place with Tanzanian yeah. government in that regard? Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, the Solomon Matlangu Freedom College is, is a very iconic site, you know, um, and it's, it's maintained by the Tanzanian government. I think they've put a lot of effort into into retaining um, the legacy of Solomon Matlangu through that, right? Um, there's a Somafco Trust in South Africa, um, which manages the relationship between the college and South Africa, um, and we support them um, as much as possible. So they do a lot of work in the not-for-profit space for youth development, um, and we've assisted them with, with funding and support over the years. They've organized um, many tours for young people. So I think over, across the last seven or nine years, um, there's been exchanges of young people who go and visit the college, and, and really visiting that college it doesn't leave you the same as it did before, you know. Um, it really, it really is a, is a, it's almost a rite of passage to to go there and experience. The that college so, doesn't look too good aesthetically, though. If the media reports anything to go by, something needs to be done there, gentlemen. And it probably isn't your province, but something surely needs yeah. to be done there. 
No, of course. Look, I haven't I haven't seen those media reports, but I'll definitely follow up on it and see what we can do to assist them. Um, and then um, we've also got exchange programs with the Tanzanian government, um, which is which is we we have the exchange programs with many countries in the world. Yeah, um, but Tanzania is one that is important to us. I think they they fundamentally support South Africa and our development agenda. Um, so those exchanges are very important to us. Um, and then we want to increase them as far as possible because they allow young people to grow um, from a cultural perspective, but it also allows them to experience different elements of the world. Their skill development goes elsewhere in the world um, and makes them all around better people, in our opinion. Yeah. I'm asking that question because there's an SMS here from Ms. Nondwentle Mkunu, who is the president of the IEDC Bled School of Management in Slovenia. And every now and then the IEDC, in fact every year, the IEDC Bled School of Management has scholarship opportunities available for young South Africans without a particular bias towards race. It just wants South Africans because they feel as though the South African contingent that has gone there in the last 10 or so years has really been good for them and their brand. To what extent, yeah. if at all, would you be in a position to exchange contact details or forge relations with Ms. Mkunu, who is the IEDC president for South Africa, so that yeah. not just within Africa or within the South African universities, but offer opportunities, especially in business and related studies? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, obviously, we, we're always interested in partnerships, you know, especially partnerships that benefit young people. Effectively, the NYDA must be a conduit for young people to, to get the exposure and opportunities locally and internationally. So, so by all means, you know, um, uh, she's welcome to contact me and we, we can set up a partnership. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Wasim Karim, CEO of the National Youth Development Agency, giving us some insight as to the great work that they're doing, but more importantly, the preservation of a proud legacy that this country and continent, moreover, has been blessed with in the life and times of Dada Kalushi Matlangu, who was hung on 6 April 1979 in Pretoria. He was 22.